So I have a question. Is yep. White Lotus a fun show? Is it stressful? Is it mysterious? I don't know anything about White Lotus. Besides it's weird, it's man, because it's like, I don't know. You. I was thinking about it. It's like the mystery doesn't really matter. None of it. it it's a really good show that's really enjoyable, but it's not even like it feels high stakes. It's just so... Mm-hmm. It's like interesting. It's a, a human, like a, a human study, I guess. It's like mm-hmm. it feels like you know all these people. It feels like sometimes you act like some of these people, and <laughs> mm-hmm. you like oh, them and you man. hate them sometimes. It's, real. Just, it's weird. That, yeah, like I, I fear I'm. I'm worried. I'm. I'm. I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm Ethan. That's a reference <laughs> that only some people will get. Yeah. We have not watched it, by the way. We're about to watch collectively White Lotus after we take big television. I show. wish you were Ethan, because if you were Ethan, then I wouldn't have to pay when we go to dinner all the time. Football. <laughs> <laughs> Snuck in that one final blow before we have to talk about football by oh, law. Man. Mm. I, um, I, I, I wish well, I was that jacked. Anyway, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's get rolling. Welcome to Debatable. That's Pablo Torre, Dominique Fox with Bill Barwell. Right. Uh, Ethan, you shirked your responsibility, but I digress. Let's start. Hope you're alive, these... buddy. <laughs> Let's start with start. the story of the day, which is Brock Purdy. And my question for you all, did Brock Purdy's performance change your expectation for the 49ers moving forward? Well, this is kind of like a question about a television show. Does this feel like a dramatic plot twist? What we just witnessed today—them the beating the the Bucks, David. The yeah, problem is, to seven. it's like Family Matters when they started that show. Like <laughs> Urkel wasn't on the show, and then they like brought Urkel in for like a guest episode. And like before yes. Urkel showed up, everybody thought they were the star. And it's clear that the star is not Jimmy G, the normal leading man. And so now it's clear to me that the show is just so good that it don't matter who you put there. It could be Urkel. It could be anybody. And Brock Purdy in this scenario wow. is Urkel. Way to so, go, Urkel. So, so in this scenario, Brock Purdy is Urkel. And Maybe Jimmy not. Garoppolo, no, Urkel is too talented. I'm sorry. Stefan Urkel. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo is Stefan Urkel, the very sexy version yeah. of of Brock Purdy, but really kind of the same thing at heart, just sexier. That's what, <laughs> well that's what checks out wow. here. Wow. I, I, wow. That's exactly what I was thinking when I said I think this I'm up. insulted on everyone's behalf so far. <laughs> I'm just happy to have such a good teammate. I just love it. I just I just fumbled the ball because I started out with this great analogy. I fumbled the ball, then Bill <laughs> scoops it up and circles the defense and goes 50 yards for a touchdown. Way to go, Bill. I'm often, uh, often compared to Tyreek Hill for the wrong reason, so this checks out perfectly. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to answer a question that is not this question, but something maybe vaguely related to nice. this question that my Great. expectations for the Niners did change today but it was I for the negative and it wasn't because of Brock Purdy Dominique knows exactly where I'm going with this Dominique where am I going I don't um I don't know oh I was so excited I thought we were on the same wavelength uh, finally and yet no Dominique not. I believe what we were looking for I, I thought I you were that? going yeah. I thought you were going with the yes my expectation have changed my expectations are higher now because no. Brock Purdy is better. That's where I thought you were going. No, absolutely And then I could not. tell Brock at Purdy. the end you weren't going that way. And then I, I was like, oh, I don't want to ruin I'm it. Going He's going that doing way. I'm going that way. So why, Papa, why should I not be going that way? On a football team? <laughs> I hate all of you. I hate all of you. All I do is I I'm come excited. And I And I, like Brock Purdy, fill in, get in where I can, <laughs> you know, help. 
move the ball around. Mm-hmm. And I come to find out that, in fact, um, I should not be as enthusiastic about myself or the quarterback I just was impressed with. Debo's injury. Is that what it is? is it that a- is exactly yeah, what it is. I finally See, got it there. took you a few seconds, but you got there. The whole case for why Brock Purdy was going to be fine in this offense was, well, he's got a lot of guys to throw the ball to. He just has to hand it to Debo or Christian McCaffrey or throw it to Brandon Ayuk or throw it to George Kittle. Just get it to the other guys and they'll take care of it. But now Debo is no longer part of this team for the short term. He has a high ankle sprain as we're recording this is the report that is probably going to cost him the rest of the regular season. We might see him be his normal self in the postseason. We might not see him again at a high level until next year. We've seen guys like Michael Thomas and Odell Beckham, where high ankle sprains have Mm. been seriously long-term major issues for these players. And I hope that doesn't happen with Debo, but that case for what the Niners can be, that upside case for what they can be, is dramatically different without Debo Samuel in the fold. So I was so, I mean, it was weird how when an injury is so bad that you're excited about a high ankle sprain. Mm -hmm. It looks Mm -hmm. so gruesome that you just knew something was wrong. And I'm probably alone in this. It's my own like player slash union perspective. But Mm -hmm. when someone has an injury that looks serious, my first thought goes to, did they get to their second deal yet? Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. overcome with a great deal of calm and relaxation because I remember uh, this offseason, Debo cashed in. So while he was mm-hmm. crying on his way off the field, I had a good feeling that at least he didn't have his money messed up by this stupid, stupid, violent game. I'm sorry. I know it has nothing to do with Super Bowl no, projections or whatever, but it's my honest reaction when someone goes down. It's like, did he get his money yet? Please mm-hmm. let him have so, gotten so, his money. So so while I am glad that Debo's bank account is intact, oh. and I'm glad that his lower body is unbroken, although we have the high ankle sprain to deal with, uh, which is now something that I'm wor- worried about more than I was before <laughs> sitting down for this fake television show, thanks to Bill. Are we really just yada, yada, yadaing over them just destroying the Bucks? Is that where we are? Like, yeah. truly, yeah. that's where we are. The Bucs aren't good. Like, do we have any reason to believe the Bucs are an actual good football team at this point? Like... They're they're a bunch of famous names. I don't know that the dudes inside those jerseys are the same players we saw two years ago. And I, I don't see any reason to think that this game told us a lot more about Brock Purdy than we would have expected. This was a game where Vita Vea, the star Buccaneers nose tackle, went down with an injury on the third snap. So no surprise the Niners could run the ball effectively. Niners were ahead this entire game. So Brock Purdy was never put into situations where he had to throw. He was fine. Some some good throws, some sloppiness. He missed a protection, uh, got a hit on the first play of the game. Surprised he didn't fumble, actually. It was a pretty incredible play to avoid fumbling. Had an interception uh, taken away by a penalty. Some high throws. He was fine, but this was never a situation where we were going to learn more about Brock Purdy if the Niners were going to be leading this entire game. What happens with Brock Purdy, what matters with Brock Purdy, is what happens when the Niners are trailing and have to throw the ball to catch up. Yeah, um, I think the at a glance, I think the story seems inter- a lot more interesting than it actually is. But all of us who know about both of these teams and people who've been watching these teams for all, mm-hmm. for all the season for this whole season, like recognize mm-hmm. that they weren't good. The thing about the Bucks that I find particularly interesting is Tom Brady's like been leaking these things, or at least it's been conversation for the past few weeks about you what he's going to do next year. Stopping on I... the way into the stadium <laughs> to take photos of his childhood team mm-hmm. on the wall of the stadium, mm-hmm. very inconspicuously, Dominic. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, it's just it's very it's very unlike Tom Brady, and he's been like 
all the way back to him taking a bit of a sabbatical during training camp Mm -hmm. and various like going to weddings in the middle of the season. It's been a very like, at least unlike the myth of Tom Brady that we've been sold and we believe. So it, it feels like a story that I don't have any evidence to support, but it's like Tom feels checked out. So and everyone is also like reacting in kind. It's hard because when Tom's all in, they all seemed all in. Mm-hmm. And now they all seem kind of checked out. And it's probably just me filling in the blanks for what makes a better story based on all these ancillary stories. But it mm-hmm. sure feels true. You know who's <laughs> not too cool to feel any feelings about this game? Tom Brady. Tom Brady watching Brock Purdy Mm-hmm. get his name chanted at his childhood stadium as he's being punted off of national television because the blowout mm-hmm. was that out of hand <sighs> and we got Panther Seahawks instead. Tom Brady on that sideline. I would love if I could ask for anyone's thought bubble to be made visible. <laughs> it would be him watching Brock Purdy almost throw a pick that got, you know, flagged away into mm-hmm. uh never neverland and instead being asked to throw a, a ball that was like, yeah, big Brock energy. I want to know what Tom Brady was thinking watching that. Even that first sack was like, uh, he got a personal foul, roughing the pass. Mm-hmm. Like, it seemed like he could do no wrong up until mm-hmm. those interceptions that, or that interception that got called back. It's just, it was very much like early Tom Brady, where you get the tuck rule, you get some mm-hmm. weird stuff in, in favor. Are we going on a, is oh, Brock yeah. going to be the greatest quarterback of all time? <laughs> Now, I, I've never seen Benjamin Button, but this felt like it was like a combination of Benjamin Button, but also seeing a different person do the Benjamin Buttoning in real time. Like Tom Brady got to see young Tom Brady getting calls and doing things that would make other people angry in the years to come. That's great. I think that's really nice for Tom. I will say, I believe that Tom Brady is rich enough and petty enough that there was someone on his staff right now editing the audio files of that game so that instead of Purdy chants, there are Brady chants uh, at the stadium. And Tom's going to wake up to that tomorrow morning. Let's move on. What's the bigger story to you? The Vikings being pretty bad at football or the Lions Mm. being pretty good at football? Hmm. So to recap, right, the Lions, despite being the Lions and not the 10 and 2 at the time, uh, Minnesota Vikings were favored by two in this game by Vegas. And we can suss out, of course, what the line is really doing there in terms of generating uh, action versus predicting. But this is something that was foreseen. What I did not foresee was how fun the Lions are, because I'm quite honestly not watching a ton of Lions football. But this was enjoyable. Was it was. It not? It was the lion. I feel like we all kind of have the same opinion on the Lions collectively as a football universe. They're fun. They're going to move the ball a bunch. Dan Campbell's going to do something funny. Either he's going to say something funny during the press conference or he's going to forget how time works in the fourth quarter and it might cost them the game. It might not cost them the game. But they're an average, maybe slightly above average team that can't really play defense. And that's fine. I think that's a fun team to watch. I think they'd be a playoff team with better luck. They still might be a playoff team, even with kind of bad luck for the first half of the year. But I feel like generally everyone kind of views the Lions the same way. I don't know what you guys think. I'm not sure that's the case exactly with the Vikings, which leads me to say that maybe the Viking side of things here was a little more dramatic in terms of my feelings coming out of this game. 
Are you, I mean, maybe I'm just stuck in like a football nerd bubble, but I don't, yeah. I believe everyone views the Vikings the same way too. We all know mm -hmm. the Vikings aren't as good as their record suggests. Are, are there people who were surprised? Like, I don't even feel like Vikings fans or the Vikings themselves actually believe that they are better than we all thought they were. They accepted it and no one was shocked. <laughs> Vegas wasn't shocked. We weren't shocked. It was a game that on paper, should have been should have been shocking like if you dropped me into if i was in the urkel time machine and i traveled <laughs> back in time and then you dropped me back here i was like oh what, the what a terrible use team. of that time machine yeah, what but a terrible this... lose i gotta check out these detroit lions in december 2022 yes. be right back dominique i want to follow up on one thing here before and push you on one thing so okay. i don't think that i think you're being a little bit firm with that. Of course, people thought the Vikings weren't as good as their 10 and three record, but I think we're finding out they might not be good at all. They might not be an above average team. Let me give you this stat. Ooh. If you flipped oh. all of their one possession wins to losses, they would be one in 12 now. Like their, their record, which is what we're defining uh, them by is mostly luck. They aren't I that mean, good of a football team. And are we sure they're going to win their division? I mean, I guess they'll win the division, but like, are, are they going to get a playoff win? So what you're doing right there, Alabaster, is kind of unfair. Assuming that they are going to have just as many unlucky wins if they had lucky wins, I think it's more like 50-50 would give you an accurate record of when they are. And then they'd be 7-6. and six. Yeah. That's that's who they are. They're about that good, and they're in. That actually feels right. Yeah, it feels about right. Um, and also not our legitimate, like, Super Bowl contender. So no one's, I guess, I don't know. I think no one would have been shocked if the Vikings won this game because we don't think the Lions are world beaters, but we're definitely not shocked that the Vikings lost because no one thought they were going to, like, they were under. You know what? I am mad at the Vikings for losing, though, because the Vikings, mm -hmm. if nothing else, are supposed to win the games that statistically actually underneath they shouldn't win. Yeah. Like, my this whole thing is, like, they're really good in one-score games, Bill. Like, and we got we got a game that wasn't all that close, which was disappointing. So like the Bechdel test, this episode now passes the Barnwell test, where at least two people <laughs> talk about record and one possession games, and I wasn't even involved. Incredible. That's nice. This episode has three different people, none of whom were me. I feel like I really have launched some matters. influence into the yeah. roster. I mean, I feel like we need to name it and not refer to the Bechdel test as if it is on the same level as the Barnwell test. It just seems like two things that are not like equivalent. The Bechdel test mm -hmm. actually feels like it. It tells mm -hmm. us something. The Barnwell test is like, how many times did you reference one score games <laughs> and the randomness involved in it? The, the, the Barnwell bar test tells you, how, how long can you have a career off like three things that aren't even yours? And it turns out a long time, apparently. Pretty long, pretty um, good career. Uh, I mean, I, I think there is that question. Like, I don't think anybody believes the Vikings are a legitimately great team. I don't think anyone takes their record at face value, including, by the way, the actual Minnesota Vikings. I don't think the people in that locker room, I don't think the people in that front office truly feel like they're on the Eagles level or something like that. Now, what I would say, though, is that difference between them being a really good team that's been a little lucky and a team that's kind of average with really incredibly good luck that's a legit question i think there are people who feel both those things and i do think that this was an example of a game that makes me think more towards the latter when it comes to the vikings this is a team that could not do anything to stop the lions on offense for most of the day a team that 
has a pretty messy secondary that has uh, two star pass rushers in Zedaria Smith and Daniel Hunter who have one combined sack in the last month. Like, I, I think we're seeing a team that is really going to struggle unless they pull off magic each and every week. And that's just hard to do in the postseason. Yep, we we deserve a check. We need to move on because when um, Bill is referencing sacks, uh, we've we've gone too far because so Bill knows recap, better than to point to, out the lack of sacks like that. Has, that's some defined stat that'll tell us something in your about voice. it. Wow. I mean, it's not the state it's because I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm, you I'm got a corner and you came out of your corner. As as someone who believes that magic is real, I'm also grievously offended by that Thank take. You. Uh, Hold on, before we move on, though, I nobody cares about either of these teams. You should care about the Lions. I care they're about the Lions. And no, they're pretty don't. good, and they're fun. And Dan Campbell's weird, and okay, they're fair. like I'll a quarterback away, and like they could be in the playoffs. They're a quarterback so away. What's wrong How with the quarterback they got? How dare you? Wait, they're interesting. Now, now, now good, I'm offended. Yeah, the, you've roused that was not my. I was thrown my, into the. Into yeah, the pool. What? 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 what did I mean, the issue with this do? team is not the quarterback. Unless right. you have some quarterback who can play defense, then they are not a quarterback away. They're a defense <sighs> away, and the quarterback they have right now is evidence that we spend too much time chasing quarterbacks. And honestly, like a, a well-constructed offense with a well or well-coached and well-constructed offense with talent elsewhere can survive. Look at Jared Goff in two separate locations show. has had lots of success without being all that great a quarterback. But the problem with this team is not the quarterback. They could use an upgrade there. The problem with the team is they can't stop nobody. Here is my concern. I think the Lions are a really fun team, and I think it's fun to be on that bandwagon as it goes up, but I don't think it's going to be fun once people actually expect them to be good. That is my concern, is that the bandwagon is creaking. I can see people jumping on. It looks like that scene, uh, that gif where it's like people climbing up the wall in that zombie movie to try and get on. Literally, you could have said anything that vaguely sounded like a zombie movie, and it would have been like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm absolutely uh, not my area of expertise. But I will say that I think... Yeah. It was pride and prejudice, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm, d- I'm just concerned that... Little women. That, that, like, we're getting too confident in the Lions, and we're all going to end up with a fall here, and I don't want to be there for yeah, that. This is this is really giving me, uh, like, White Lotus season finale is going to suck <laughs> vibes. Like, there's no way you can deliver on all of that the, the hidden, I demand hidden message. I, I watched White Lotus, and I'm excited about the finale, but I demand so that I. we not mention it again for the rest of the show. Like we've we've gone I, over our, our white lotus quota. I tried to talk about a a Disney property in Family Matters, and I was moved on to the next topic. Ah, we've been talking lots of Family Matters. Let's talk Southside. We talk HBO Max. Southside, great oh, show. All right, <laughs> Alabaster. Hilarious. Now we're just promoting things that are of no benefit. To yes. Us. Yeah, it's no benefit to me either. But it's just like a really good show. That you I got your two, wife. I got two two things to say. Don't laugh One, too hard, though, white people. Two things to say. <laughs> the right One, amount of laughter. One. <laughs> The Lions defense hasn't been that bad for about two months and two White Lotus. But I let's move on. Um, so the next question, which contender had a more worrisome performance today mm-hmm. in a win? The Chiefs or the Cowboys? Mm. Really, Pablo? That's all you got? Is mm? I, I, I mean, I was going to give you guys self-styled football geniuses the yeah. room. But to me, the answer is obviously the Cowboys. Like what am I, no, I mean, I guess I, I guess what I was expecting was you to set up what happened, like these teams oh, lost, yeah, yeah, yeah. who they yeah, lost to, enough, then, like, like do the thing so, that you do every 
topic. <laughs> that was what I was expecting you to do. I'm sorry. Excuse me. So wait, uh, no, 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 no. Pa- can Dominique, can you take Pablo's place for this I, this, this question? Can I you could. Do your... The cow, the you Cowboys. That wall. The Cowboys had a Am very I, close I game, a final drive against the Houston Texans, who only have one other win, and the Cowboys were able to win despite two Dak Prescott interceptions and a defense that we thought was unbeatable getting scored on quite a bit by the Houston Texans. But, yes, both these teams still won. And the Chiefs went up against a Broncos team that can't score more than 13 points, would be like the best team in the league if they could score more than 19 points and somehow scored <laughs> over 20 against them and beat their like season average in the first half. But uh, Russell Wilson got a concussion late in the game, and they had to turn to a young Rippin, and the Chiefs were able to pull out the win. So, Bill, which one I of these know, teams? Bill, mm-hmm. oh. I'm sorry. So, Pablo, which one of these Thank you. Which one of these teams? Um, uh, the team that had um, the quarterback that threw the two picks that you managed to mention without gagging on on the description, which is progress for you as the Dak Prescott water carrier that we've come but, to know you for. See, this is, this is why you introduce the topics, and then I talk about what actually happened. Because one interception was a tip ball. The other interception, he got slapped on the bicep, and then he led, he led a game-winning drive at the end. Like, I understand. Dak Prescott, through the course of this year, has not been the greatest quarterback. He is not going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's not on that level. He's never going to be on that level. But he was good when they needed him to be good. They ran the ball well. They moved the ball well. He threw passes that were important in important moments. Like the idea that this somehow should hang on Dak Prescott, I think, would be particularly unfair the one person or the one group that you could be somewhat disappointed in though they stood up on a goal line stand is the defense like I was shocked this defense destroys good offenses and then they I mean they were short field a couple times but they did not do to the Texans what I expected them to do to the Texans the way the way Dominique talked about Dak's interceptions was like it was like an RPG it was like uh you know Texans defense uses bicep slap to cause an interception. It was like, that still counts. It doesn't mean it's any less valid of an interception. Like, you got to get the ball out. Why are we making excuses for Dak Prescott? I'm for not making excuses. You are. You just did. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just using, like, if we are looking to point blame or to project, mm-hmm. like, how Which we this are, team is going oh, to yes. play going forward, I put more weight on a clean pocket pass thrown unhit directly to a defender than I do to a deflection that pops up in the air and turns into an interception. And I guess you could say Dak should have felt the guy rushing and hit him. Like, yeah, it's fair. He deserves some, some blame for that, but it's very different than like clean pocket throw right to the defense. I just want to point out if Brock Purdy did that, you would have spent the first five minutes of the show talking about, you could plug any Niners quarterback in. Um, yes, because Brock Purdy has no track record. Dak Prescott <laughs> has an actual successful track record. What are you doing sure. to me here? Who, where's Bill Barnwell? <laughs> and what have you done with him? Like, goodness gracious. You want me to just, like, fly off the seat of my pants and just yell crazy stuff? I can do that. Is that the problem? You're mad that I took the smart take and you want to take it? Is that what's going on here? You want me to know. take a dumb take? I did. I, did. Yeah, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were still doing Pablo. I thought you were still doing the Pablo <laughs> okay, impression. Okay, thank you for coming me at it. the very end of this. But wait, Bill, <laughs> tell 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 me why when I watched okay. the Cowboys and the Texans, and again to reiterate a point that I 
believe Dominique did a good job of mentioning and highlighting that sure. they almost lost to the Texas. <laughs> explain <laughs> why this is yeah. Explain explain why why you see this in 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 a in a way that also leads you to be worried about the Cowboys. I am worried about the Cowboys because I think this was a pretty good performance from the Texans offense, which I did not expect any Texans yeah. offense that, by the way, was playing two quarterbacks the entire game, and they were Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. So it wasn't like Steve Young and Joe Montana exchanging snaps for this team. Down their top two wide receivers. Amari Rogers nearly had as many yards in this game for the Texans as he did during his entire career with the Green Bay Packers. This is what the Texans were down to, and yet the Cowboys did not have a great game rushing the passer. They did not have a great game stopping them from hitting big plays. This was a game where once the Cowboys' pass rush got slowed down, you kind of got to see you can hit plays on their secondary. And I think teams with better quarterbacks and better offenses are going to be able to do that going forward. You guys, do you, I'm sorry, oh, am I interrupting? I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. It, it got carried away. My point was, <laughs> you just said all the same I said. That's not true. I was was responding to Dominique noticing that. I said the same thing. If there's something to be concerned about, it is the Cowboys defense because they did not dominate this bad offense the way that we expected them to dominate. Despite the fact that there were some turnovers and some short fields, they did stand up in a great um, goal line, fourth down stand. They made Mm -hmm. some plays. But I don't walk out of this game concerned with the Cowboys offense or their quarterback. If I have any concern, it's with the Cowboys defense not being able to destroy this offense the way we anticipated. But how have we not gotten to the Chiefs and their embarrassing struggles? But again, like I feel like I'm not any more. Bill this is a down year for the Chiefs. Bill, Bill is... wants to respond. Hold on. Bill, okay, Bill is disappointed in your characterization of his point and also in your defense of yourself, which is a reiteration of the points you made before. I, I feel I feel like I'm just not paying attention to the show anymore. I feel like I yeah. just missed this entire section where Dominique said the things that I, I thought he just talked about Dak for three minutes, defending Dak the entire time. <laughs> okay. I, I'm... I, I, I feel like maybe I missed that part of it. Are I'm you sorry. concerned well, about it? It's recorded, you... so don't worry. You can see that I said all the things that you said. I just said them. Uh, to be clear, to be clear, I'm going to be binging White Lotus when this is on tomorrow, so I'm going to miss it. But before then, should we? Should we? Is anyone really concerned about the Chiefs? Did anything change the way you feel about the Chiefs after what happened on Sunday? Uh, I mean, I think I mean, the Chiefs are in a in a down year for the Chiefs. I don't think that this is the best version of the Chiefs. So I, 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 to the degree that I can be concerned about the Chiefs, I am concerned about the Chiefs. Like this is. The defense is not playing as well as you expect, but that's the case for the Chiefs. They don't have the big-time playmakers on offense that you would want. They protect Patrick Mahomes, and he makes magic happen. So, like, yeah, they could win the Super Bowl, but I could see them losing in the divisional round or in the AFC Championship game because they aren't the dominant force that we've come to expect them to be. Wow. Wow. I got to interject for a second. For a second, yeah, I know. That's I know a you guys are gonna point at all these stats. They could lose there, in the divisional blah, blah. round, the conference <laughs> championship, or the Super Bowl. My God, I, I, I got a follow up question. Aren't the Chiefs like eleven and two and good? Like, yes, the Chiefs it? are very good because they have quite possibly the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. But uh, the Chiefs, do the good. Chiefs feel as unbeatable as they've felt in recent history? Like this feels like. A slightly they, lesser version of the Chiefs, to me at least. Maybe I'm wrong. Way better this year than they did the first half of last season there when they were we like throwing interceptions every week. There we go. 
using that's... the evidence, having a memory past this well, past, past oh, but, two l- weeks. L- but Bill, I think you're right in the macro. But let me point out: you mentioned interceptions. This is Patrick Mahomes throwing three that's... picks yes. to the Denver Broncos. Yes. And so the question here, right, is like in a game in which Patrick Mahomes does a thing that we have never seen before again, mm-hmm. right? That pass, which I don't even know. Yeah. Have you guys nope. ever seen that? It's nope. like a knuckle knuckleball shot put into ball. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> For a 57-whatever-yard touchdown. Like, ridiculous. Yes. In a game in which he does that, but also throws three picks to a good Broncos defense. Yes. But wins the game and still leads the NFL in passing yards and mm-hmm. touchdowns and has eight picks now, having thrown three tonight. Um, yeah, like... Do we really? I, I I come away with that being like so, that's the cost of the magic, I guess. Is sometimes you throw three picks. No, because he doesn't actually. But I think that normally he doesn't. Like he doesn't have these bad games. But that's mm. because he's never had a situation where he has not had. I was going to say a player like Tyreek Hill, but he has not had Tyreek Hill. So my point mm-hmm. is, yes, they are just as efficient and just as effective on offense, but it's in part because we're asking for so much more from Patrick Mahomes. There aren't these bailout plays that we normally get, which is why you're going to end up with more interceptions, which is why I don't trust them nearly as much as I did in the past. So yes, they're still good enough to win the Super Bowl because they're the Chiefs and they have Patrick Mahomes and their defense will not be that big of a problem. But no matter how good the quarterback is, if you constantly keep going to him and asking for magic, sometimes he's going to throw it to the other team. And that's the problem with them now is there was a, a situation in the past where some drives, you ain't need nothing from Patrick because you get it to Tyreek Hill or Tyreek <sighs> Hill has run so far away from everyone that you don't need him to do anything special. Or when Tyreek is scrambling, he doesn't have to do, or when Patrick's scrambling, he doesn't have to do this weird pass to uh, a running back that's going to go for a big play because Tyreek has run away from the secondary. That matters. It's a big loss. They're looking presses, even though he's not there. But it does matter, and it's showing up now. I'm a, I'm sorry. Like you want to go? No, this evidence. is Bill. This I'm is this is this is this eyes. is Dominique's I, take. They had. <laughs> they had. I like I like the idea that first off, the Patrick Mahomes has never done any crazy throwing the football in a weird way when he had Tyree Kill on the lineup. He did that with Tyree Kill. Sometimes even throwing it to so, Tyree Kill. I, I mean, now I feel like you're just trying to. No, you're, no, no, you're, no. You're not you, taking you're, me for what I'm actually saying. You're just trying to like I, I, make I, me look I, silly, silly when clearly you know the point that I'm making. It is very accurate. I would never. I would never do that. And your point is not accurate. That's the issue. <laughs> the point, the problem is that we had the first half of last season when there was a national crisis. Am I the only one on this show who remembers yeah, you're that? Right, you're right about the that, Chiefs Bill. You're right. Just played too high and the problem is solved and Tyreek Hill can't get open. That happened last year. They were throwing tons of interceptions. He had multiple multi-interceptions game, just like the one he had today. The difference is he has not had that happen anywhere near as often this year as he did in the first half of last season. That's why I'm not concerned. If it happens two or three weeks in a row or two or three more times between now and the end of the season, I will agree with you, Dominique, and I will say it is a problem. But this is an outlier when that would not be the case in the first half of 2021. Yeah, that was a good answer. That was a good answer. You're right, Bill. I'm sorry. It's a pass to love you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Bill. I was going to interject and say all that eagles. stuff. So, I'm sorry. What did you say? On. I said I was going to interject and say all that stuff anyway. So thank you, Bill, for, for, for saving me. Um, I'm right. And the fans know it. <laughs> the fans know it. So next time. Look at these crowd sizes. Look at these crowd sizes. People chat Dominic Foxer. <laughs> Should we be making a bigger deal about how dominant the Eagles have been? 
Probably. Right. I mean, tonight, I'm, I'm going to get the numbers here because I want to do justice to the 12 and one Philadelphia Eagles. But yeah, they just destroy the Giants 48 to 22. And I know the Giants were a team that were kind of Vikings like for a while where it's like, do we really feel, you know, what are we doing? Really what those teams? Um, but still 48 to 22 feels like a pretty categorical declaration that if there is any obvious number one team in the NFC, as much as I like the Niners to still make it to the Super Bowl, it's obviously the Eagles in this case. Yeah. Whooping really upsetting if the Niners and Brock Purdy beat the Eagles, right? Like I yeah. feel like 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 what we know in our hearts as people who have to watch football every week, like the Eagles should beat the Niners if that matchup happens, but I'm really afraid they're not going to. Yeah, I don't understand how they wouldn't, but I understand I'm with you. Is so we've seen the Eagles have like, I guess against the Colts, they had that game. Uh, their loss to um, the commanders, like I still thought that wasn't like the bad game that we expected. Mm -hmm. But you go up against the Giants, and this is like similar to what the Cowboys had as far as a challenge is concerned this weekend. And they beat the dog out of them. Like that's what you oh, expect yeah. from a team. And they've been doing that throughout the quarters of the season. Like they saw mm -hmm. the Vikings beat the dog out of like they they show up and they do it in multiple ways i actually think it's more impressive to beat the dog into someone yeah I agree. out feels helpful that's true like most people don't have dog in them but it's a good point and and if you beat well, dog into me not only would i be beat up but i'd also have dog in me and I'd gross. <laughs> thank you for seeing the vision bill um, yeah i mean the eagles yeah they are really good they've been really consistent and the most impressive thing about them is that they can do it a bunch of different ways on both mm -hmm. offense and defense and that's what was scary about them in the offseason is that they can game plan for every week because they have so much talent that they can put the pressure in different places that mm -hmm. offensive line they can run on you if that's what you if that's what you present they can go deep if that's what you present they can go short and over the middle if that's what you present and same thing on defense if they want to stop the run they're completely fine with leave, leaving their two corners isolated on the outside and loading the box if you are want to attack them through the pass they got enough defensive linemen to get pressure without um blitzing so like they have they got it all and they're really good and they're showing out on everybody every week so yes they should win the super bowl <laughs> This is, I feel like this is a very me answer and that I just give a lot of stuff and then there's nothing left to talk about. So we just have to move on. Like, Good. you're it. right. Every, everything you said is correct. I mean, is there any reason to think that they're benefiting from a really easy schedule where it's not just a Giants team that has a questionable resume, if we're being honest, but a Giants team that was down Leonard Williams, Adore Jackson, two of their best defensive players, and had Saquon Barkley on a pitch count. I mean... Frankly, the Eagles did exactly what you would expect. They're playing a team they're much better than, and they beat them by three touchdowns and could have beat them by more if they wanted to try harder. So I, I think I think we're adequately excited about the Eagles. I think we're excited about what they're doing, and they're doing it at exactly the level they should be. So give me the way that this goes bad. I mean, besides the injury, imperfect human football. meat sack, roulette wheel, football. and and outside of the oblong nature of football, it's the commander's way. Like the there is nothing game. you see that is a weakness. I mean, that's the which which uh, we refresh my memory though. What happened there that seems instructive? I mean, the, we're the weakness really that people case point. This out. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Bill. Oh no, no, Dominique was going to go. I'm going to let Dominique answer this question. Mm -mm. Nope, I'm not going to do it because you just complained about how I took all the angles. So here no, you, go. you get you had an answer ready. I, I, I didn't okay, so I think the the, the weakness that people or... point to with them is the inability to stop the run, which I've like 
pointed out that I don't actually believe is like a significant weakness mm-hmm. that'll get you beat in the playoffs and in the NFL because they are mm-hmm. one of the best in football at like eliminating the big plays, which will mm-hmm. get you beat. So, yeah, I, I think that football can happen. They can get out game planned in a particular week. They could have some uh, one player could have a bad game and lead to a sack fumble. Like there's a lot of things that could go wrong when you start playing good teams. You can't have bad luck or you can't make mistakes. But I, I don't see anybody in NFC that's actually better than them. Yeah. And I mean, the teams they've played in the NFC who would qualify, they've beat. They beat the Vikings. But they beat the should Cowboys. We, should we take it out of the NFC then? Are we just. Well, why, they why didn't beat this version the- of the Cowboys. The, the version that almost lost to the Texans? I, I don't understand. Yeah, that version. Yes. That version. That, that version, version that's that's resilient and has a quarterback who's capable of leading a comeback drive. Oh, that other version did not have a quarterback who was capable of doing that. I feel like that's resilience a- resi- resilience is like halfway to like, yeah, just, just halfway pure to political Yale? spin. Yeah, I, a, a, I hate you, as if I need to keep reiterating that. B, my question was, why are we limiting it to the NFC? We haven't seen them play most of the other teams in the AFC. They did beat Tennessee, right, pretty comfortably. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty good example, although I don't know what's happening with the Titans nowadays. Um, I feel like they could struggle with the Chiefs just because the Chiefs have a offense that can throw the ball anywhere. The Eagles give, typically give up uh, yardage to tight ends and running backs, and the Chiefs, they it's kind of all they do at this point is throw to their tight ends and running backs. So might be a bad matchup, but the Eagles could also run all over the chiefs. Like there there's, they have a counter to any team they face. Like there, there's no team that you sort of lose and you think, okay, how are they going to beat them? Like the bucks maybe a year ago. All right. Last question, guys. Oh, Um, I want to move on. Well, Trevor Lawrence is sort of like starting to live up the hype over the last five games. Yes. And my question, could you see the Jaguars coming back and winning the AFC South after they beat the Titans today? Well, let's relive the AFC South for a second here, because right now it's the Titans. Yeah, at seven and six and the Jags mm-hmm. at five and eight. And mm-hmm. then Dominique Foxworth's Indianapolis Colts at four, eight and yes. one. Very alive. And of course, the uh, almost beat the Cowboys Texans at one. Not alive. <laughs> That that this felt like a pointed attack on Dominique to suggest that the Jaguars could come back and win the AFC now, but AFC South, AFC North, AFC South, but not the Dominique Foxworth approved Indianapolis Colts. You don't think they have a chance? Under the radar, baby. We're gonna get there. We're just <laughs> fine. Under the radar, baby. Sneaking up on them. Wait till we see them Jags. We're we're walking. When you say flying underneath the radar, we're walking on the ground. That's that's how that's how the culture gets there. Radar never pick you up if you walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Way to that's go, true. Jeff. That's Way how, to lead. That's how radar Way to coach. <laughs> I mean, I guess but they if, could win it. I don't know. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, both South absolutely stink. they could. Both Souths. Which which division stink. is worse, the AFC South or the NFC South? Mm. Well, the NFC South makes me matter, but the AFC South. <laughs> Why do they make you mad? Why do the Bucks, yeah. Panthers, Falcons, and Saints in some order of general six to four win mediocrity? No, make it makes mad? me matter because it forces us to like take the Tom Brady in the playoffs possibility realistic Ooh. or take it seriously. That's, so like the true. three other teams in that in that division make me very angry because the Bucks really want you guys to win it and you really don't want to. Whereas in the other division, like I I don't know, I, I'm not <laughs> annoyed by any other teams in there. As as Greg Rosenthal of NFL Network pointed out, if the Bucks had just, if the Saints had not blown that lead on Monday night last week, 
every team in this division would be five and eight, which is incredible to think about with with four games to go. Sadly, not the case. But the Jaguars, well, just real quick, though, on the Trevor Lawrence thing. So we're just officially at the point of like, oh, he's as good as we thought he was going to be now. Like we can sort of forget about the games in which it didn't look like that. And now we're just officially on like, great, can just revive the old takes I had when he was coming out and generational in terms of a prospect. Pablo, it's simple. Who among us has not studied abroad in London or Europe and come back and been wiser and more mature and learned? The UK resident, Dominique Foxworth, might raise his hand here. No, never been there. Was born there and left immediately. Well, I guess that means I've been there, but I haven't gone <laughs> that back. That does mean you've been there. I don't. I didn't want to correct you, but yes, that does mean you've been there yeah, if you were born I, there. I mean, that was a philosophical question. I already know what's going on. Exactly. This is a larger epistemological question. That's, um, thank you. Yes. About uh, Trevor Lawrence throwing ten touchdowns and zero picks in five games. Now. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly after he came back from London. So maybe he picked up something on the way. Maybe he feels just more mature, more confident. But he has played much much better 21st in qbr before that london game 10th over the last five weeks and yes like he's still figuring stuff out but a lot of the stuff we saw early in the season was kind of fluky they'd be great moving the ball for 90 yards and then he would throw a terrible horrific interception in the red zone that happened pretty much every week it felt like for the first two months of the season that is exactly the thing that a rookie quarterback does and then kind of gets out of their system and plays much better after doing so i think the, the, I kind of believe that Trevor Lawrence is playing at that level. And if he is playing at the level we saw over the last five weeks and Tennessee looks as bad as they've looked over the past two weeks, then yes, the Jaguars have a shot at winning this division, especially because, by the way, the Tennessee Titans travel to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars in week 18. Hmm. I'll be on the line. I can't wait for that game. Like, to be completely... um. Honest about my Trevor Lawrence opinions is like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I thought he was great in college as a freshman. And then things were up and down throughout. And I had no reason to believe that he wouldn't succeed in the NFL other than he went to Jacksonville. And (laughs) then he also had Urban Meyer uh, be his his head coach. So, like, I think there's enough reasons to, like, hold out hope for him. And through this whole process this year, even the bad games, they like he did special things in those games. So like he shows those glimpses of greatness, but I think that those glimpses can get you in trouble with a lot of players because they can't really ever get away or get rid of the like downside part of it. Mm-hmm. It feels like maybe Trevor Lawrence can move on from that or at least be coached past that. And the team around him isn't perfect, but they're getting better too. At a In a better situation, I think Trevor Lawrence is certainly an NFL starter and maybe like a top of the league type of guy is just the situation there has been really bad. And I guess it feels like it's getting slightly better. Well, there was a stat that Alabaster helpfully put down, which said mm-hmm. that in October, was it October, right? Where they lost all of these games and they were all by one, one score, score. And they had the opposite of the Vikings. Roulette <laughs> luck, right? They lost to the okay, Eagles, yeah. Texans, Colts, Giants, and Broncos. Wow, lost to the Eagles by one score is maybe the yeah best loss in the NFL at this point. But the Texans. When the Texans only but, have uh, counterpoint, <laughs> counterpoint, get it right they after. Lose unfortunately, to the Texans. I, I mean, you know, I, I think it's less that they're not a talented enough team, and more just that they've maybe done so much damage to their hopes during the first two months of the year that it's going to be tough for them to catch up. I think if we were starting the season over, 
I don't know about you guys. I think I'd be comfortable putting Jacksonville right in a tier with Tennessee as the two best teams in that division. Well, it's worth noting, right? We do a lot of point differential recitation here. The Titans mm -hmm. points for 241 points against 276. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Jaguars, a completely balanced Thanos like 294, 294. Yes. Now that is, that's a statistic. Alabaster, <laughs> <laughs> check us, man. Please. Yeah. Give yeah. Us a check, Please. Get us I think Urban here. Meyer is kind of like a sneaky template for like a White Lotus season three character. Oh, we're back Ooh. to White Lotus. Get us out of here. Get us out of here, yeah, Allie. I'm just saying. I could, I, I could see him being involved in another version of this show that reminds us that hotels are so awesome that they can literally stage murders in them. And my main thought is going to be, I want to go to that hotel. Not an enthusiastic uh, confetti sprinkle. It's a, no. It's like not even properly spread. <laughs>